Hello everybody, my name is Petra Munoz and welcome back to the Economy Education. And in this episode, I will be talking about how the economy has affected people of color and those of different backgrounds. Not many people stop to think about this, and I think there is a huge racial wealth gap in the economy. There is evidence showing how individuals, families, and communities of color tend to lag behind their white counterparts in wealth. The median white family has more than 10 times the wealth of the median family of color. We all know that things like school, health programs, social security, and etc. are funded through, through taxes. When we humans buy certain products, we pay taxes on some of them. And taxes affect the economy because high marginal taxes, tax rates can discourage work, saving investment, and innovation, while specific tax preferences can affect the allocation of econ- economic resources, but tax cuts can also slow long-run economic growth by increasing deficits. There are studies and geographical graphs that show the different living conditions of people of color and white people. Normally, where white people live, there are more resources and better living conditions. Meanwhile, people people of color live in more poor conditions with little to no resources. If taxes are a kind of way to help people and communities through programs and stuff like that, why isn't it helping people of color? Is it all just to benefit the rich and white people? Is it going back to the rich get richer and poor get poorer? Let's find out. Have you ever taken a look at your city or town and wondered if it's segregated? Probably is. I know for sure Stockton, where I live, is. In the east, where I reside along with my family, are mainly Hispanics. In the south, they are mostly African Americans, and in the north and west are almost all white people. Many people of color today remain situated in communities with the lowest prospects for upward mobility. It reflects both the intended and unintended consequences of U.S. policies that have shaped where people live and the opportunities people have in those communities. In a recent Hamilton Project paper, the historical role of race and policy for regional inequality, economists Bradley L. Hardy, Trevin D. Logan, and John Perman examine how the distribution of the black population has evolved over time and how this has interacted with economic mobility and U.S. public policy. Their analysis emphasizes the importance of both place and policy in determining individual outcomes. Counties with disproportionately high shares of black Americans today are the same counties that had large black populations before the Civil War, suggesting that historical conditions have had extremely persistent impacts on the outcomes of African Americans. Poverty tends to be much higher in the counties with high black populations. Are we shocked? Not really, but let's act so. Oh my god. Any economic shifts disadvantage African Americans. Differences within regions across cities, suburbs, and rural areas also affect racial inequality. Hardy, Logan, and Parman detail influences ranging from discrimination and intimidation to lender behavior to white flight from cities to public policies like redlining or highway construction all combine to keep the African-American population more concentrated in particular communities. Areas with large black population 
are likely to be places where black individuals experience particularly low levels of economic mobility, which are obviously much lower rates than white individuals. So, as Hardy Logan and Parman explain, there are a range of policies or practices that continue to disadvantage black individuals and communities throughout the U.S., impacting the areas including public education, employment discrimination, the social safety net system, the criminal justice system, where we see poor outcomes for black Americans. This just proves how the economy is not helping people of color and their areas where they live as much as the white people. Just contributes more to it. Now the recession that began at the end of 2007 is another perfect example for this. The recession produced enormous hardships for households across the country and it has structural problems already in place for minorities. The labor market has been particularly brutal with high unemployment and job losses disproportionately affecting African Americans and Hispanics. Again, are we surprised? No. The disparities between minorities and white people have persisted and in some cases expanded. The economic situation for minorities was far from stable even before the recession hit. The reality that African Americans and Hispanics do less well than white Americans in good times and worse in the bad times than white Americans. The rate of unemployment is the most widely used indicator for the health and labor market. So then, in two years of the recession, the unemployment rate rose from 7.2% to 15.8% in both African Americans and Hispanics, while the white Americans increased 2.5%, and Asian Americans, theirs increased for 2.0%, which is way less than African Americans and Hispanic, which is wondering why they're also technically considered a minority. Like, is it just people of dark skin of color or what is it? Now, today we're experiencing a major economic disaster with the coronavirus. Millions of Americans have now lost their jobs and businesses are predicting diminished revenues and experiencing profound financial uncertainty. Nowhere are the effects of this current emergency more acute than in communities of color, which have long endured occupational segregation, economic exploitation, and employment discrimination. These factors put people of color at greater risk of unemployment, again, just like it did in the recession. Coronavirus does not discriminate based on race, but its economic fallout will affect communities of color more than others. Federal and state government must make it financially possible for people to stay home by expanding economic assistance programs, easing debt burdens, and protect against predatory lending and employment discrimination. So now some universal policies include discriminatory provisions that prevent people of color from obtaining the full benefits to which they are entitled. This shouldn't be happening because they should receive their benefits no matter what. And long before the health crisis, the public policies restricted tens of millions of workers of colors to jobs with few benefits, lower wages, and limited protections. Workers and American Indian and Alaska Native 
workers remain twice as likely to be unemployed as their white counterparts. Workers of color, especially women of color, receive lower wages and have less access to benefits they should be receiving. For communities of color, the labor market is unsteady when the economy is strong, right? So even and now that the economy is not strong at all, it's extremely hazardous to them. Why is it happening? Is it because of the lack of knowledge or is it just because of racism? We need to start thinking about these issues now. Well, that's it for today's podcast, everybody. Remember to keep thinking about how the economy affects people of color and those from different backgrounds because the racial wealth gap is enormous and the impact of the economy is huge as well. Please remember to keep social distancing and wear a mask at all times when you go outside. And stay tuned for next week's episode in Economy Education. This was your host, Petra Munoz, and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.